episode number 134 of the Wrestling Insomniac Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm going to talk about uh, talk about some wrestling going on uh, this weekend and wrestling I went to last weekend. Uh, Let's Rustle presented the Let's Rumble Saturday, January 19th in Orono, Maine. Uh, co-promoted by Limitless Wrestling owner Randy Carver. Uh, I was very excited to go back to Orono, or as Cassius Ono pronounces it, Orono, uh, to see some wrestling action at the American Legion Hall. Uh, I had been there for about a half dozen Limitless shows, but I hadn't returned there in a couple of years since they started running uh, Westbrook more regular uh, as their home base. So uh, the drive up this night was fine, but the drive home was in a snowstorm, which I knew was going to happen, as did all the other 160 people that braved the storm to, to go watch a great night of wrestling, and uh, no one was disappointed. Uh, Randy uh, Randy brought together one of the greatest matches I'd ever seen live three years ago this month in Orono at the same American Legion Hall, where Chris Hero now known as Cassius Ono, uh, wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. in a 30-minute classic that up until that point was the greatest match I had ever seen live. Just a few months later at uh, Ladder Wars 8, uh, the Young Bucks, Kazarian and Daniels, and uh, the Motor City Machine Guns surpassed that as the greatest match I'd ever seen live. So let's wrestle Rumble, of course. It's a Royal Rumble match. 30 men, one new entry every one minute. And these guys did a tremendous job uh, with this Rumble match, producing it, if you will. Uh, but before we get there, they put on a, a good card of wrestling all night long. Uh, opening match, Retro Anthony Green with the Platinum Honeys taking on Aiden Agro. Uh, Agro presenting a new persona, the man of color. He bleached his hair blonde. He had some Brutus Beefcake type trunks on. Not what I was expecting. Uh, as far when he came out, a uh, lot of comedy to open the match, um, but then they did get down to business. I, I was looking forward to this match uh, the second most, the Rumble match being the, the one I was looking forward to the most, um, because these two guys can deliver, and I hope to see them in a uh, singles match again uh, down the line somewhere. Uh, it was really cool seeing AG in the ring. He picked up the win getting a, uh, with a, I don't know if you want to call it an avalanche tamikaze, a spinning tamikaze. Just think of the uh, the, the tornado DDT, except he did the, uh, the tamikaze, or the unprettier, if you will. Second match, Eric Johnson defeated Matt Mahoney. Basically a squash match during Mahoney's entrance. Uh, Johnson uh, waylaid him from behind, beat him up all the way around the ring, uh, finally got in the ring, forced the referee to call for the bell, hit a, hit a pile driver, whole lot of pile driver going on right there and uh pinned him with one foot on his chest and he earned a spot in the rumble match for this which i think is why he was pissed off to begin with because he felt he deserved to be in the rumble match he didn't have to earn a spot but uh next up davy n defeated chaining thomas uh this is a pretty damn good match um a lot of great back-and-forth action. Uh, Davian got the pin with her version of a butterfly suplex, is what I'm going to call it, or reverse backpack. I, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but she got the win regardless. Uh, really great, really good match. A lot of chops, good hard-hitting. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Main State Posse uh, was up next. Uh, the Syndicate, B.A. Tatum and Owen Brody with their with Murdoch in their corner had laid out an open challenge. And that open challenge was answered by the mainstay posse in the form of Alexander Lee and Danger Kid. This was a great match. 
I really enjoyed it. Um, not surprised at all with with Lee and Kid being in the match. Honestly, that it delivered. Um, finish came when Danger Kid had Owen Brody up for a J Driller, but he ate a super kick from Alexander Lee first. Um, Post match, the Syndicate beat down MSP until Ag- Agra made the save with the steel chair, chasing them away. Clearly, this is going to lead to a six-man tag the next time Litless Russell presents a card on March the 23rd right there in Orono again. Um, the Cluster Jam, or the Scramble Match, or whatever it is you want to call it. Uh, Antoine Nicholas defeated Xavier Bell, Vern Vercalo, Cody Blade, Gene Bauer, and Kovi Christ. Uh, this was a fun match. I love these six-way matches. They become a staple of Limitless as a scramble, and now this is the cluster jam here in Let's Wrestle. Um, they have, you know, we got a lot of great action. We got a lot of train wreck dives to the floor. It's all it's all, what it's all about. But I think the 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 spot that has gone viral on the internet that everyone's talking about that blew up my Twitter feed on Sunday uh, was Anton Nicholas's "fuck it" shooting star press. When he jumped on the top rope, did a shooting star, but came right back down when he was standing, which was the top rope. Unfortunately, he did not land on his feet. He took a pretty horrific tumble from my point of view. It was directly in front of me, uh, onto the ring post, onto the floor, and I was genuinely concerned that this man was injured. This is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in wrestling um, in person before. Uh, I believe it was Kobe Christ checked on him immediately and picked him up and threw him right back in the ring. And, and you know, Nicholas, uh, for his credit, you know, picked up the win with the uh, uh, small package. And then post-match ate a uh, last ride powerbomb from Bell. So he must have been okay. I mean, he certainly did look okay. Uh, he came out uh, in the Rumble match later on as well and put on a hell of a performance there. Took another nasty fall in that match. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but this, uh, again, this this... This botched shooting star press, uh, he's selling a t-shirt about it now. It's got him booked on Let's Wrestle and the scramble match they're having on March the 9th. I mean, it actually, I think, probably <clears throat> gave him some notoriety and maybe got him some bookings because people want to see the guy that uh, almost impaled himself on the ring post doing a shooting star press. Also, it was really nice seeing Bell again. I hadn't seen him wrestle since May, uh, since April 2017, and he mentioned that he hasn't wrestled since May 2017. He just didn't want to. Um, you know, I, I thought he was great tonight. I thought he was himself tonight. So uh, it was really nice to see Bell. And that might have been 2018 is the last time I saw him, actually. Not 2017. That seems a little too far ago. But, um, yeah, anyhow. I hope he comes back. I hope he comes to Limitless again. I hope he goes to uh, Let's Wrestle again. I get to see him wrestle again. He's a young kid who is uh, very entertaining in the ring. And, um, yeah. Uh, Masshole Mike McCarthy defeated Mike Montero. Mike Montero won half of the tag team, The Influence. That's what I'm used to seeing him as. Uh, There's just something about McCarthy. I really enjoy him in the ring. I just I enjoy his whole charisma, his persona that he puts out there as the masshole Mike McCarthy. Uh, finish came when McCarthy put in a guillotine choke, and the referee called for the bell after Montero passed out. So, uh, so some great submission holds in this match, including a pretty cool inverted, I guess, cloverleaf body scissors thing that McCarthy did I'd never seen before. And then, you know, Montero just straight up sharpshooter that he had locked in beautifully. I got pictures of that on my blog. I got a whole report on my blog uh, talking in, in greater detail about the matches and, and some photos and 
and whatnot. Uh, and then that led to the Let's Wrestle, Let's Rumble match. And uh, the winner, surprisingly, to a lot of people there, and this is not a bad thing at all, so don't don't take it that way, please. I was very excited. Uh, Davian, Davian, jeez, uh, won last limiting Calvin Strange to win the Let's Wrestle Championship. This was a great match, like I said earlier. It's one of the better Rumble matches I've ever seen. I mean, it was pretty fantastic. Uh, they had one-minute intervals between each entrance, which they legit timed out the minutes. I saw Brandy looking at his phone, or Ethan looking at his phone, uh, and every minute they were bringing another entrant out, and, and it was great. Um, they told some stories along the way in the match, during the match. Uh, you know, they had the one a, a cool uh, elimination save when the fellow by the name of Bishop was on the outside, and Anton, here we go, Anton Nicholas gets thrown over the top rope, and he lands on Nicholas's back in a piggyback ride. Nicholas takes him out the back. And then a few couple minutes later, you see them coming down from the other side of the building out through the front. Um, when I say the back, all right, so at the American Legion, you come in the front door, and there's stairs that go downstairs, and that's where the uh, that's where the guys that's where the locker room is. The entranceway is on the other side of the room, so that's another entrance to go downstairs. Well, what they did is they went downstairs, and then they went around to the front of the building, came up those stairs, and Bishop carried him across in the piggyback ride all the way back to the towards the ring, but then dumped him on some 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 of the uh, chairs fans have been sitting on. So Anton made his way to the front row and then used the chairs as stilts to get himself back in the ring. Uh, later on, while uh, he got tossed over the top rope, he landed on the ring apron and then ate a super kick from from Anthony Green and uh, Roy's foot got caught up in the ring apron and he fell backwards uh, on the floor for his bump but because his foot was caught up. He didn't fall the way he wanted and uh, took a pretty nasty hard spill on the floor. That was... Uh, Whew, kind of a rough night for the guy, but he, apparently he's fine. Uh, of course, we got a MSP and the Syndicate standoff before they brawled. No doubt, again, tag team match coming up. Uh, Graves got a cool lights out, lights on entrance. He had this really awesome spot where he gave a guy a short DDT, nipped up and hit another short DDT. I don't think I've seen that anywhere. That was wicked freaking cool. Uh, and then, uh, you know, again... Uh, Davian getting the win, last limiting Mike McCarthy, post-match, I mean, sorry, last limiting Calvin Strange, post-match, Mike McCarthy came out, jumped it from behind, leading to an announcement of Davian's first ever title defense, Let's Wrestle, March the 23rd, in Orono, against Mike McCarthy, so, yeah. Should be great. Again, if you go on my blog, The Wrestling Insomniac, you can find the post. I actually have the complete and accurate order of entry and order of elimination of all the wrestlers involved in the match, including Calvin Strange, Alan Prophet, Frank Yanger, Danger Kid, Owen Brody, Eric Johnson, Cicero, B.A. Tatum, Sierra, Alexander Lee, Murdoch, Jeff James, Ethan, the ring announcer, he lasted a few seconds, Aiden Niagara, Gene Bauer, Graves, Channing Thomas, Roy Royce Bishop, Anton Nicholas, uh, Ava, uh, Ava Everett, who's Anthony Green's uh, one of his platinum honeys, uh, Lincolnstein, a guy out of Canada I'd never seen before that really really impressed me in this match, and I'd actually can't wait to see more. Uh, Brandino Davis, Dan Terry, Vern Vercalo, Davian, Xavier Bell, Big T, Mike Montero, and number thirty was Retro Anthony Green. Anthony Green 
cleaned house. But I think Calvin Strange walked away with the majority of the uh, eliminations that had to do with coming in at number one and, and lasting all the way to the end. So, Anyhow, that's it. Check it out. Go on my blog. Read about it. They're going to have a home video about it. You can buy it and watch it for yourself. It's, uh, it's, it's well worth it. So this weekend is Royal Rumble weekend, and and and, and they're they're kind of doing a uh, sort of a uh, like a, a WrestleMania weekend. Jeez, I can't think of the word. Like kind of like a WrestleMania weekend type. Uh, you know, like they've been doing with act having a SummerSlam access, while well, they're having a Royal Rumble access. Like I didn't realize this, but they're in a dome for crying out loud. You know, they're going to Chase Stadium, seats 50,000 people, 48,000 people, whatever it is. You know, um, kind of impressive. I did not realize that they were doing a dome show this year for the Royal Rumble. Uh, they did one a couple years ago, actually. The, the biggest problem with it is the entranceway is so long, and it takes so long for the guys to get down to the ring. You know, I mean, and, and like a couple years ago when they did the... Uh, when they did the stadium show for the for Royal Rumble, they had they had the bigger guys ride down on a cart. You just didn't see it. They just didn't show it on TV. So, anyhow, Chase Stadium, Royal Rumble, one of my favorite pay per views of the year. Main thing on the poster is Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, the WWE Championship, like it should be, personally speaking. Uh, but before we get there, over the weekend at Access, they're having the Royal Rumble Access Worlds Collide Tournament. This is a 15-man tournament, which is really cool, divided up among five wrestlers from NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. They're going to air it as a special on the WWE Network next weekend, so hopefully I don't get any spoilers, but even if they do, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Uh, five guys from NXT include Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dom- Dominic Dijak, or Dijakovic, Keith Lee and Shane Thorne. Uh, NXT UK is being represented by Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, and Zach Gibson. And 205 Live is being represented by Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP, and uh, Humberto Carrello, who's been making some waves recently on 205 Live. Here's what's really, really cool. The first round is being recorded on today, January the 26th at Access, but they're having a 15-man battle royal to determine the first-round matches for this one World's Clyde Tournament, and the winner actually receives a bye to the second round. That's pretty cool. Receives a bye in the first round to the second round. That's pretty damn cool. I like that. And then tomorrow, the 27th, Sunday, they're going to be recording at Access. They're going to record the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals. So that's a kind of a really cool tournament they're doing, and they're going to air it on the WWE Network next week, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's called Worlds Collide. Not When Worlds Collide. That was a pay-per-view years ago. But yeah, so... Oh, and also, the winner of the tournament will receive a championship match at either NXT UK, NXT, or, if they're within the 205-pound weight limit, the Cruiserweight Championship. So... There's something on the line. There's something at stake. I like it. It makes sense. There's something at stake in the Battle Royal. The winner gets a buy in the first round. A huge advantage. And then there's something at stake in um, in the in whoever wins the tournament gets a championship match. So I like it. It makes sense. Saturday night, Phoenix, Arizona. Of course in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, at the Talking Stick Resort Arena. Never heard of this venue. Oh, it looks like a pretty good-sized venue. 
Let's see here. Seats. 19,000, 18,000 plus. So, uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, there's some unadvertised dark matches that I've already known about. Uh, Io Shirai and uh, Kari Sane will be teaming in a dark match. Um, so, that much I do know. Uh, anyways, five matches on the main card Matt Riddle versus Coach Cassius Ono in a singles match. Love it. Uh, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Love it. The Undisputed Era taking on the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Love it. Uh, NXT Women's Champion Shanna Baszler defending against Bianca Belair. Actually looking forward to this. And Tommaso Ciampa defending his NXT Championship against Aleister Black. Love it. That's tonight. That's what my tonight is going to be. I cannot wait to sit down and watch this show and watch these great wrestling matches. Unfortunately, I have a double tomorrow. I will be watching the Royal Rumble on my tablet at work. Um, But in between calls or after midnight when it slows down and I'll be of more time to watch it. But regardless, I will at the very least have it on so I can enjoy it and not be surprised by it. But tonight I'll be waiting for the wife to go to bed so I can watch NXT TakeOver Phoenix. A little disappointed that, and I know they just had their own takeover, but a little disappointed that we don't have a Pete Dunne match on here just because I like watching Pete Dunne. And then this Sunday is the Royal Rumble match. Royal Rumble weekend with the Royal Rumble matches now. Uh, nine cards, nine matches advertised on the card. Um, a dark match, uh, Buddy Murphy defeating against Akira Tozawa. Hideo Itami and Kalisto in the Fatal 4 for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I actually had thought that Tozawa had left uh, the promotion <laughs> because uh, lately he's had some matches uh, elsewhere um, over in Japan. And I was like, oh, Tozawa's on matches in Japan. Like, I knew about Hideo Itami uh, getting permission if you will, to go to Japan to wrestle for um, Noah uh, against Marafuji, but I hadn't heard anything about Tozawa wrestling, but he went over and he was in the uh, in Tokyo and he wrestled teaming with Miko Satomura against CCK and the FCP uh, Project Tokyo at Cork and Hall. So I guess he had the one match, but still, I, I didn't realize that it was um, happening. So it just kind of took me off guard because uh, I'll be honest, I don't really watch 205 Live as much as I probably should because they are putting on some great, uh, great matches. Um, but anyhow, and for those wondering, um, back last September, uh, Hideo, Matani did tra- Hideo Itami did travel to Noah for Marafuji's 20th anniversary tour, had a banger of a 35-minute match where he lost, but yeah, he had a great match. And Hadami, Hadami's been killing it over on 205 Live, and so I was kind of surprised because Hadami won a number one contendership for the Cruiserweight Championship back earlier in the month, and then the most recent episode of 205 Live, he defeated Akira Tozawa and Kalisto in a triple threat match, and yet I'm looking at this, and it's a fatal four-way. He defeated them in a triple threat. 
I'm sure there's some storyline I didn't watch. Regardless, I feel like Hideo Tommy's going to walk away the champion in this match. This is also on the pre-show. Uh, also on the pre-show, Rusev defending his United States champion against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, main card, The Bar, defending the tag team SmackDown tag team titles against The Miz and Shane McMahon. Um, sure. Uh, women's Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defending against Sasha Banks. Big how you do coming up here lately now with Ronda Rousey stating she wants to leave the WWE and then her saying, no, I don't want to leave the WWE. And then, oh, but I want to have a baby, so maybe I'll take some time off all right after WrestleMania. So I don't know what's going to happen. Asuka defending against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So here's some rumors, okay? Uh, <clears throat> rumor is that somehow, this is what I've heard. That uh, Becky Lynch is going to cost Ronda Rousey the match, so she's going to lose her title to Sasha Banks. And then Becky's going to beat Asuka. And then Ronda Rousey's going to enter the SmackDown Women's. Uh, the SmackDown. The SmackDown. going to enter the, the Women's Royal Rumble and then challenge Becky Lynch at SmackDown for the SmackDown title at the main event of WrestleMania. Other rumor is that Becky Lynch is going to lose to Asuka, and then she's going to win the Royal Rumble match. And then she's going to challenge Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. But the rumor is the WrestleMania main event is going to be Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. Which, if a women's match main events WrestleMania, that'll be hugely historic. And quite frankly, I think these two could pull it off. I am still an old school sappy sap when it comes to, I think championships matter. I think championships mean something. And I think title matches should be banger of a matches like what basically what Pete Dunn's doing with the UK title uh, I, I compared him recently um, you know on some some posts I did uh, on the Twitter as well that to me and talking to friends and I may have mentioned this last week but to me Pete Dunn is our generation's Ric Flair uh, Bruno San Martino even Hulk Hogan from the 80s where uh, well Hogan, they did the, the anger of the uh, Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, you know, uh, Harley Race, basically where you have your champion, a match is built for the champion with a new challenger, they have a banger of a match, the champion defeats them, he goes on to the next challenger, and that's what they're doing with Pete Dunne, and, and, I'm, and I'm loving it. Anyhow, either way, rumors are bound that Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey's got to happen at WrestleMania and really the best way to do it is if Becky wins the Royal Rumble women's Royal Rumble match the other thought process is well people are saying oh well they can win a number one contendership at Elimination Chamber and challenge well the eliminate the women's side of the Elimination Chamber is already a tag team match for the women's tag team championships uh, last held by Judy Martin and Leilani Kai um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see them having two women's elimination chamber matches. But either way, uh, again, uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles singles match for WWE Championship. If you're not watching Daniel Bryan's heel run right now, you are missing out. Uh, his promos are awesome. I mean, I am loving watching him right now. I'm loving his promos. I mean, this is the fire and the passion of Daniel Bryan, of him probably using that raw emotion of being out of wrestling for as long as he was um, to fuel these promos. I'm loving it. Uh, Brock Lesnar against Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. This could be a great match. This, in all sincerity, could be a fantastic match. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do. And then, of course, we have the Women's Royal Rumble match and the Men's Royal Rumble match. This is going to be a long show. Starts at 7. I don't think it'll be over by 11. We'll see. Um, they've announced 
they have not announced every competitor for both matches. Um, so we'll have some surprises, which I'm looking forward to. And it's hilarious to me that we have some Raw, raw wrestlers, SmackDown wrestlers, and then free agents. And on the men's side, our only free agent is John Cena. And on the women's side, the free agents are Nikki Cross, because she has yet to announce an affiliation. Uh, she just was announced that she's being called up, if you will. And Lacey Evans, who I think is garbage, and I don't care what she does. And she, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan of her. And it's not because, oh, she's such a good heel that you hate her. No, I'm just not a fan. Um, yeah. Anyways, one thing non-Royal Rumble related I want to talk about, but still WWE related, and, and if you're sleeping on these matches, you are legit missing out, is on SmackDown, uh, CN Aldrade Almas and uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. are fucking killing it. Period. They've had, uh, they had the tag match three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and then they had a singles match, and then they had a return singles match this week, and these matches are just getting better and better and better. And it's showing that Ray has let his body heal, and he's the Ray Mysterio of old that I loved back in ECW and early WCW. And Almas is showing, like, hey, when you give me a chance, I can, I can work, I can rustle, I can show you how good I am. Again, uh, the house show I went to this past July with Cousin Paul and Kanan, Almas and Sin Cara had the best match on the card. And the main event was Nakamura versus AJ Styles. But these guys in the opening match, I believe it was, had the best match on the card and tore the house down. It was friggin' awesome. So, anyways, if you're sleeping on these SmackDown matches, go back and watch them. You will not regret it. These guys are out there killing it. They really are. And the only other thing I want to talk about is some really disappointing uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, basically, what happened was is they announced the upcoming shows. They have these three New Beginning shows. And as it was going back a month, I was like, man, with all the talent they've announced on uh, being in Japan, because they're running shows in Japan at the same time, that they're running these this this American tour, it's it's almost like, ugh, who are they going to have for talent at these shows? Um, and they hadn't released the full cards, hadn't released them. And New Japan usually releases things pretty far in advance, and finally they did. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it was disappointing. I'm I'm not going to go into the Los Angeles card because I'm not. But my buddy, uh. Brandon is going down to the New Beginning USA uh, in North Carolina. And look at this mat, this card. Opening match. Uh, two of the young lions from the uh, Los Angeles Dojo. Carl Fredericks versus Clark Connors. Okay. That's kind of cool. A couple of uh, young lions. Alright. I can get behind that. Second match. John Schuyler and Colt Cabana against Shane Taylor and Lance Archer. Huh. All right. Well, there's, uh, I mean, there's some there's some good talent in there, uh, wrestling wise, but uh, you know, they're not New Japan guys per se, except for Lance Archer. Uh, next match: Tracer X against the Great Okarn. Okay, uh, Great Okarn is a New Japan wrestler. He's Japanese. Uh, he's never actually wrestled in New Japan. He's been in the UK, but he's making his USA debut on this against a guy named Tracer X. All right. 
Um, okay, cool. What, what else? Uh, Jonathan Gresham, nice, the octopus. And Jeff Cobb against Brody King and Marty Skrull. Okay, all right, so two more guys that have never wrestled in New Japan before against two guys that have been there. All right, next match. Alex Coughlin against Davey Boy Smith Jr. A long, young lion against uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. All right, so there's a guy that's been in New Japan, I guess. One of them, <coughs> actually, in Japan. Sixth match, Tracy Williams. Oh, hot sauce. I like him. I mean, he's never wrestled in New Japan, but cool. Uh, and Dave Finley against Rocky Romero and Chucky e. T. Huh. All right. Well, Rocky Romero is the most proven New Japan wrestler on this card. Uh, he's been there longer than anyone. Uh, Chucky e. T's been there for the last year, over a year now, so that's cool. I'm a big fan of both. All right. Uh, and then the seventh match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Juice Robinson taking on Beretta. Huh. All right. Well, again, I like both of these guys. So here's the thing. This is a great card, actually. If you really look down and you break it down or whatever, it's a great card. Some good matches. There's some great wrestlers. But uh, this is not a New Japan Pro Wrestling show to me. This is this is not even close to a New Japan Pro Wrestling show to me. This is an indie show. This is a Ring of Honor show. This is not New Japan. And this is why. Uh, there's no Japanese wrestlers that are traditionally known to be in New Japan on this show. Yes, there's a lot of American wrestlers that are in New Japan that are on this show. But as a New Japan fan who's had New Japan World since it launched, who's watched New Japan Pro Wrestling as much as he could his whole life, followed it in the magazines, you know, really kept up on the storylines and everything that's going on, uh, goes to the Ring of Honor, World of the Worlds, and Global War shows specifically because he wants to see this New Japan talent. And the shows I've been to, they've delivered. I mean, I've gotten to see LIJ a bunch, Kushida, Dragon Lee, um... Hiromu Takahashi, uh, a lot of great New Japan pro wrestlers, you know, Jay White, you know, on, on these shows. And it's awesome, and I love it. Uh, but then New Japan is doing their own New Japan pro wrestling branded shows, you know, separate from Ring of Honor. These are their shows, you know. They've had some awesome shows in California. I mean, some tremendous shows in California. Uh, but again, They've got Okada, they've got Tanahashi, they've got Minoru Suzuki, they've got Tomohiro Ishii, they got, you know, Japanese talent, okay? Uh, and they're using a Japanese ring and Japanese ring announcers and, you know, plus an American ring announcer. And it's it, the whole thing is set up, it's like you're watching a show in Japan, but you're in the United States. Then they announced this tour, and, and like I said, my buddy Brandon paid 80 bucks for his ticket. You know, he's driving three hours one way, excited as hell to go to the show. And then they announced a card, and it's just like, fuck, what? And I don't blame him. And and I express my, you know, Rocky Romero went on his Twitter and going like, hey, guys, people say I'm not a New Japan pro wrestler. I guess the last 14 years I've been wasting my time. That That's not it. That's not at all. And I tried to make that point of saying there's no Japanese talent on the show. And I got jumped on by by some people for, you know, oh, I guess I'm not a real New Japan fan. And, oh, they're doing the best they can, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but there's not New Japan talent on the show, period. Like, as far as traditional Japanese talent that you think of. You know, like, when you go to these shows, and this is no disrespect, I don't, I don't go to a New Japan show to see Rocky Romero. He wrestles on indies over here. I don't go to see New Japan show to watch Brody King. He wrestles on indies over here. To see Jeff Cobb, to see Dave Royce with Jr., to see, you know, Peretta, Chucky e. T., Juice Robinson, they, they wrestle over here. 
I want to go to New Japan shows to see Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, Kuzushika Okada, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, like, I want to see the New Japan talent I can't see on indie shows except WrestleMania weekend and the occasional indie show here and there. But I, I want to see guys that I can't see over here. That That's why I'm going. And either missed the boat on it or was being overly sensitive. I don't know. But they jumped down my neck about it. And it's just like, whatever. You know? Uh, it's kind of garbage. And then you read the, the comments in here that people left and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, people are upset about it. And... And, like, for instance, I did not buy a Ring of Honor ticket. I bought a New Japan ticket. Where are the true New Japan stars? And then some guy's like, oh, oh the U.S. champ Juice Robinson, Beretta, Finley, Skrull, KES, Cobb, and a bunch of L.A. Dojo lines not count? Um, you're splitting hairs. I mean, I, I just, I can't look at this and go, oh, wow, look at that great New Japan show. Am I going to watch it on New Japan World? Fuck yes, I'm going to watch it on New Japan World if they air it. Because I love wrestling and I'm going to watch it. But it's just the point that, you know, this is advertised as a New Japan show, and it's not a New Japan show. And a lot of it's come out that when the U.S. government shut down, the Japanese talent couldn't get visas to come to the States, and and oh, or they were relying heavily when they announced these shows that the Young Bucks and, and Cody and, and Hangman, they were going to be on those shows to help sell those shows. Really? Because they announced Nashville at Russell Kingdom, when it was already clear that Young Bucks, Cody, and Hangman were leaving. So, and also, going back to December, when they promoted these shows, and they were posting cards, like when they posted the cards for the New Beginning shows happening the same day over in Japan, it was like, huh, who the hell is going to be on these U.S. shows then? Because the majority of the bigger name Japanese talent were posted on there, and they had and the government shutdown hadn't even started yet, so they couldn't blame that. So I, I don't know. I, I I feel like they were trying to squeak squeak one through under name brand under the under the name. You know, uh, they even had Kenny Omega wrestling uh, Juice Robinson. I mean uh, Dave Finley uh, when they ran those shows at that convention in California. Uh, the the anime convention in California, New Japan ran some had some matches. I mean, Omega ver- wrestled Finley on that match when Omega was the IWGP champion for crying out loud. So I don't know. I can understand why people are upset. Uh, I can understand why people want to try to make the best of it, but you're sugarcoating a, a turd basically, and that just doesn't fly. That's just my opinion, a hundred percent. If I get heat for it, whatever, that's fine. That's what opinions are. Anyways, that's about it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to go check out the Wrestling Insomniac blog at thewrestlinginsomniac.com. Uh, you know, you can check out my newest post, which pretty much consists of the Let's Wrestle Live Rumble Report, uh, some new signed trading cards I had, uh, a great book that uh, Brandon takes a look at, rags, paper, and pins, the merchandising of Memphis Wrestling, uh, as well as uh, my Wrestle Kingdom thoughts, and then my tribute to all the wrestlers that passed away in 2018, that I was aware of. It's a pretty huge list. Some pretty big names on there. Big Van Vader, Bruno San Martino, uh, Dynamite Kid, Jim Neidhart, uh, Universo 2000. It's, um, yeah. Anyhow, again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week.